It could be the three cups of coffee that I had, uh, but it also could be when you have a message that hits you that last week I knew, oh man, that's got to be done right away. And I didn't want to. And then I'm fully aware of what time it is. However, everything that everybody was saying and what we were singing and what was happening was right where this kicks off almost. And Dwayne hit me up and he's like, hey man, are you still ready to go? And I was like, dude, this couldn't be more right where I'm supposed to be. Like I said, I don't think it's those cups of coffee, but I could run through a brick wall right now. So, I've done a lot of stuff on this stage. If you've been here, I have smashed a wooden crate. I have created a wall to break and fix. I've passed out money. I've done all kinds of stuff. Today's just a dry erase board, so... Once the board goes up, you'll be like, oh, that's what the sawhorse is for. I'm not, we're not cutting anything. But I need you guys to do something first. So hold on to where you're at. But I need you to do something first for me. And then we're going to put that aside and come back to it later. So I need Heather. Heather was volunteered by my wife because out of anybody we know, she's probably got the best handwriting. So Heather... I've given you the strike. Yeah, come on up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give Heather a round of applause. Thank you. All right. You can pick whatever color you want. I need the board split. You're going to make a list here, and later we're going to do something over here. Okay. So just stay on this side. Okay. This is going to be conversational for part of this message. So when I ask a question, I am looking for responses. But let's, you know, keep it semi-organized, you know, raise a hand or something, because I can't hear everybody all at once. But... I'm going to ask you a question, and I want an answer. What does a successful church look like? You can take your time. Don't all rush at once. Yeah, go for it. All right. You can write that however, like, Seek the kingdom, disciples, like, Senyata's going to give us a lot, so you just keep it a little short. <laughs> uh, Sarah Beth, you said acceptance? All right. We're going to give Heather a minute, because I thought she was going to be way faster at writing, too. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Seeking the kingdom, acceptance. Uh, put disciples, too. All right, anybody else? What does a successful church look like? You can answer. Whatever's coming to your mind right now, I want to hear it. This is community. Thank you. Love. Unity. Anybody else? Preaches the word. I had a couple things as well. Uh, one was seeing people saved. 
And I like we have seeking the kingdom and making disciples and community. Those kind of wrap up another one of, that I had down of going out and serving the community. I would also add, if you have room, and if I have nothing else from anybody else, growing. Tithing. Financially stable. Last call. Humble. All right. She's officially out of room, so thank you, Heather. We're going to come back to this, but I'm going to go back to where we kicked off. So like half of the world, at the beginning of the year, you know, I was evaluating myself. I don't say I make resolutions, because if I say I make resolutions, then it's like, come February, if I didn't do anything, then it's, I'm like everybody else. So. I don't make resolutions, I evaluate myself, where my life is at, the things that I may want to change or adjust, and then I set like parameters or goals or guidelines for myself. But literally it's the same thing everybody else does. Um, and like half of the world, I looked at my spiritual health and my physical health. Um, and I looked into my exercise routine, what I ate. And if you've ever listened to any of my comedy before, you know there are a lot of mentions to my shape and what I look like without a shirt. Um, I enjoy working out, but I get lazy. Um, the flip side, though, is I enjoy food a lot. Uh, ben started talking about food, and I was like, tag on, man, you're right. Like, this is the best food that is here. But myself, I fill myself up on real food a lot. And I've got a sermon that's brewing on gluttony, but I think I've got to get myself right first before I can bring that. But that's not one I hear the church talk about a lot. Um, because I enjoy food. I enjoy making food. I enjoy eating food. Everything about it. And for some people, food is just sustenance. For me, it's an unexplored country. And so... You might say I have a problem with food. So when we kicked off the new year, I was evaluating myself and the things that I want to change. And we also did a church-wide time of prayer and fasting. And so because of where I had evaluated myself, I realized, well, food should probably be the fast that I go for. So I picked my three biggest weaknesses, meat, sugar, and dairy. And I fasted from those during that time. Um, the fast was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of veggies and triscuits. Um, so the fast was great. It really helped me focus. Um, I actually felt great during it. And during this fast, I was doing a particular Bible study, and a certain verse popped up in this Bible study. I was not, this Bible study that I picked was not even, like, for this time of fasting. It just happened to be like, oh, I'm going to do that one right now. Had nothing at all, like, specifically designed for fasting that I remember. So let's take a look at this verse. This is going to be in 2 Peter. This is 1, 3 through 11. 
We're going to read it together. So by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. I'm going to pause real quick because we just had a whole bunch of time where everybody was saying, I want more of him. What's that one thing that I'm missing? And I want you to pay close attention to this verse now. So we have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. So when you're sitting there and you're fighting and those feelings, that anxiety, and you're like, man, I just, I want more of him. What is it? Let's take a look. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. And then moral excellence with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with patient endurance. And patient endurance with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 1, 3 through 11. Now, I was in the middle of fasting, and then I read that verse, and I was more convicted than I can remember. Because if you look at that, this is a recipe. It's a blueprint. God does not always give us like a step-by-step process in the Bible. Right now, this is the most step-by-step thing you're going to see. Start with faith. Add goodness. You're going to add to goodness knowledge. You're going to add to knowledge self-control. I read this and I realized I was missing things. I had all of these things, but two. And this, I'm talking, this was in my physical health and life. I was missing some self-control and some perseverance, depending on the uh, translation that you read. Because my spiritual health, I may have been doing great, but the Bible can be translated into every aspect of your life. And my physical health, I had the first three, skipped a couple, and tried to get the rest in there. I had no self-control when I ate or perseverance to stick with a healthy lifestyle and changes. You know what that's like? It's like building a house in the wrong order. I've flipped and built a lot of stuff in my day. And you start, foundation, we know plenty of verses about what foundation you start on. But here's what I did. I built a house, I put up studs, 
And then I put the walls on the studs, and then I finished the floors. I made the outside beautiful, and you walked into the house. It looked great. I had no electrical wires and plumbing. I had all the looks of a house, but no power. Nothing functional other than shelter. And in fact, I ended up causing more work for myself. Because if you had a house with no plumbing or no electricity, you got to go get your water and bring it in. You got to go find a generator or extension cords and run them all over the place. I got outlets, those outlets do nothing. I got a faucet, nothing happens. I was causing more work for myself, trying to work out to make up for the eating that I was doing. In verses 10 and 11, it states, we will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom. If we are missing these things, we will be unproductive in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus. I was kind of like the Jews in the New Testament who followed the law but didn't follow Jesus. I had all the appearances, but no power. That's how mine was messed up. Some may be missing the first two, the last three. No matter what you're missing, you're going to be upside down. We know the Bible stories, like I said, of having a good foundation being built on a rock. But maybe you didn't put up walls. Maybe you had a great foundation. You put up those studs. You put the outside up. You ran your electricity. You ran your plumbing. But you didn't hang drywall. But you got great-looking floors. Everything looks awesome but no walls. It's really cold in there. You have a great appearance, but you're just cold. So I looked at that, and I saw this blueprint, and I realized what I needed to change. And I realized that it has to be done in order. In there it says, you start with your faith. You have faith in him. And then you're going to add to your faith that knowledge. And you're going to add to that. And then you're going to add to that. I'm going to ask you a question. When we ask God to change us, how do we ask him to do it? Change heart. In the Bible, it also says, renew our minds. You know where those are? Inside. There's songs written about it. We say it, change me from the inside out. You know why we say inside out? It's impossible to go outside in. If you go outside in, you'll never finish. You'll get the outside done and think, I got this. This is what everybody sees. I got this. I don't need to do anything else. I may be crumbling on the inside, but the outside, killing it. That's why you have to be changed from the inside out. It has to start 
our minds, with our hearts. That's why this section in 2 Peter is a recipe. Because it forces you to be changed from the inside out. And this goes for us as individuals. So right now, I want you to write this verse down. Put it in your phone, write it on something, remember it. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. That is an instruction I'm giving everybody. Write this down. I want you to pray about this verse. Every day this week, I want you to read this verse. And I want you to pray. And I want you to ask God in my spiritual life, in my physical life, where and what do I need to change? If anything. That may be a bit of a tactic because I know there are small groups meeting this Friday. And this is going to be real fun for you guys to talk about. But focus on this. Pray on this. Because this works for us as individuals. You put good in, you get good out. We eat right, we drink water, we get sleep, we pray, we read, we worship. You put good in, you get good out. It's why we have to be changed from the inside out. But you know what else? It works for the church. The church is a body. So last week, I had this first part of this message that I just gave to you guys about us as individuals. And at first, I thought, oh, man, that was just something for me. And I thought it was great, and I wrote it down, and it's been a focus of mine. And then God kept pushing it and pushing on it. And then last week during worship, I was praying individually for myself to be changed from the inside out. And before I knew it, I was praying, God, change our church from the inside out. And I realized, oh, that works for the church as well. Anything that works for us as individuals works for the church because the church is a body. Heather, please come back up. I'm going to ask you guys now, because I said the cliche phrase of you put good in, you get good out. And I listed what that looks like for us as individuals. What does that look like for the church? What does it mean if I say put good in to the church body? Because for us, I know that means I need to probably eat broccoli over eating a cake. I should drink more water over drinking more soda. I know I should exercise over sit and watch TV for seven hours. What does that mean for the church? What is our put good in? And I want you to think. I want answers. Heather's going to write them down. I have my list here. But I want to know what you guys are going to come up with. Serving. What is our put good in? Bible? Having the word?
What's that? Finances. Giving. Encouraging. I like that. That's good. Love. Prayer. <clears throat> Wait till I'm done taking a drink. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anybody else? I got one. What is, as a church, what does it mean to put good in? Outreach. <laughs> Understanding. Forgiveness. Like faith. <laughs> Purpose. Mm, I like that. If there's nothing else, I've got one. And then we can let Heather sit back down. Us. There is no us, there is no church. So, these are the things that need to go in to get good out. And one of those is bringing ourselves. We can't be in the body if we aren't in the body. Bring yourselves to church. Bring others to church. Helping the body, I love it. Man, you guys nailed like everything that I wrote down. As I have like my backup list in case nobody spoke up. I didn't know Tiniana was going to be here, so she's helped me out. <laughs> uh, but I had my backup list in case nobody said anything. And it's pretty much that. Bringing others volunteering, helping the body, serving, bringing our tithes. Actually, I have one more that didn't go on here. But at the same time, every one of those sums this up. Bringing our worship. Like I said last week during worship, I prayed this message. And I didn't know it was going to be preached this week. I did not. I was like, oh man, and like, if you looked over at me, or if you ever look at me at church, I swear I'm not just like, checking fantasy football or anything like that. Like, I'm usually writing notes and stuff. I just do it on my phone or iPad. And it hit me, and I jotted down like 
four or five pages in my iPad. And then Chancey got up. And I was like, this is going to be a great message. I don't know when this will be, but, you know, I'm just going to tell the guys, like, hey, whenever you want, I got a message. And then Chancey got up and started preaching on the church and being the church. And I was like, dang, man, that's like right where I was at. That's crazy. And he talked about being the hands and feet of Christ. And I realized that this message needed to follow up Chancey's because this could go anywhere. But it was more like, it wasn't like Chancey lobbed me a softball. It was like he set up a tee, put the ball on the tee, put the bat in my hand, and set me up and said, you're next. And I went to Dwayne, because we've had a very busy week. And I was like, hey, man, I got a message. I don't know when it's supposed to be. I don't know. It might fit after this one. But I don't know. And he's like, dude, it sounds like you already got this one. And I tried to get out of it many times. And I even asked him, I was like, well, do you have something planned for next week? Because that was going to be my out was if Dwayne was like, yeah, man, I got something. Don't worry about it. And I was like, so where are you going next week? And he goes, I got nothing yet. All right, man, put me on the calendar. And I realized it needed to follow up Chansey. So if you have a feeling you know where I'm going, don't tune me out. This is not a message to get people motivated, necessarily. This is not one that I just want to say, you guys all need to start serving and tithing. This is not a guilt trip. This is a message about true change within ourselves that can lead to true change within a church. Because I'm going to be talking today, and I'm actually, I say I'm going to be talking today, I'm like almost done, but... And this, this is like the first time a pastor says he's almost done. So, you know, it's like medium almost done. Um, but I'm going to be talking to two groups today, the church and not the church. So when I say these things, this is what we need to start seeing. We need to put this good in, serving, the word, finances, giving, encouraging, love, prayer. You can read all of these. Take a picture of it so you have it. We need these so we can see these. And I've heard excuses from people. I'm just going to shoot a couple of those down for fun. I've heard the church. I've heard the church. I've heard the excuse. Well, I'm not married to the church, you know. So I don't need to do everything there. Or I don't need to give 100% because I'm not married to the church. You're right. Biblically, that's completely wrong. You're not married to the church. You are the church. The church is married to Jesus. So if you say you're not married to the church, good, that'd be weird. You are the church. Second, well, I'm not in ministry or I'm not a pastor, so my life doesn't revolve around the church. Maybe. But the church's life relies on you. Like I said when I open, or I don't know, third open, there is no church without us.
If you haven't, just remember those. Because those things on the right-hand side, we need to bring the best version of ourselves. If you are the church, that's who I'm talking to right now, we need to bring the best version of ourselves to the table. But like Chancey said last week, thank you, Chancey, it's not the logistics. It is not completely self-focused. It is God-focused. It is church and others-focused. I love that there are things on both sides of this board. Because there should be. But you see, we can't love on guests or their kids that come here if we don't have the teachers and the volunteers we need. If we have the same 10 people doing the same jobs every single Sunday, those people are going to burn out. We can't afford to feed the hungry, care for the sick, give to the needy if we're robbing God of our tithes. We can't share love to a community if you can't share love to the other pew. And we can't do anything if we do not have the main reason that we come here to put ourselves in our place and honor God in his rightful place with our worship. Don't get me wrong. My God can, does, and will bless whatever he pleases. He can transform and use anything. He has used sinners, pharaohs, murderers, donkeys, and liars to accomplish his goals. But I don't want to be in that category. I don't want it to be, ah, you know, he used that Ryan just like he used that donkey. (laughs) He used Ryan just like he used that pharaoh. I don't want to be that. I want to be in the conversation with the others. So he can use anything, but it is also proven in his word that he will bless those who honor him, who praise him, and are faithful to him. Let's take a look at a couple quick verses that promise that. Psalm 22.3, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Some translations make that a little more generic because Israel is God's people. And anytime you're reading that, you can look at that when it's talking about Israel and put the church, his people, yourself in that position, which that says he is enthroned on your praises. Proverbs 28, 20. The trustworthy person will get a rich reward, but a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. Proverbs 28.20. Trustworthy person. Other translations will also say, a faithful man shall abound in blessings. And then I can't not throw this one in because it's just so good. Malachi 3.10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. So there will be enough food in my temple. 
If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. That's putting good in. I wasn't going to say this part, but I am now. It says put him to the test. You know what? I've heard a lot of stories, myself included. Pastor Ben has a great example of this as well, of giving in and fully tithing and seeing the blessings that God pours out. I know people on the opposite end of that, that robbed God for years, and I watched their lives fall apart. That can be put to the test both ways. And I'm going to say, you don't want to be in the other category. I'm talking to the church. If you need to, you can already start reflecting on some of the things I'm saying, some of these verses, that recipe in 2 Peter. Because... I know what it's like. I'm not going to tell you when I say we need to bring our best version. I know. I get it. I've had seasons. I've had hard times. I've had days when I woke up, weeks when I got those set lists. It was the last thing I wanted to do. The church is not just for the healthy. And it's okay to not be okay. That's why we are a church. Because we can go to one another and we can say, man, I'm just not there today. Olahana just had a testimony during worship where that's what she needed, where she was fighting. And if we're putting good in continually as a church, putting our good in, our encouragement, our love, our resources, our time, ourselves, putting good in, there are dividends, there are blessings so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Do you put good in? I'm asking you individually right now. Think about it. Reflect. As part of a church body, you are a part of this body. If you're watching online, welcome. You're a part of this body. If you're a guest today, we don't have anything uh, like that says you can't be a part of us for whatever reason, welcome. I'm going to ask you, do you put good in? Do you bring yourself? Do you tithe? 
Are you faithful with God's word and resources? Do you serve? And I'm not asking you, just going to feel like I have to say this because of the way the modern church is set up sometimes. If you already serve, stop listening to me right now because I don't want you to burn out and fill every position. I'm just asking, do you serve? Because I've been guilty in the past of how much love and passion I have for the church, knowing that I am a part of its body, that if there was an open position, a hole that needed filled, something that needed done, I was one of the first persons. I'll do it. I got you. I'll cover this. I'll do that. I'll go here. And you know what? I took too much on myself. And that is not the church of Jesus. That's the church of Ryan. That's not what we were called to. So I'm going to tell you, one, do you serve? And two, we should be looking out for our body. If you see somebody and you know they're taking on too much, they're serving too much, go to them. Because if you got somebody doing way too much, that's the hand playing the role of the mouth, foot, and the ears. It's not supposed to happen. We're not supposed to try to do everything ourselves, so don't try to do everything in every ministry. Ask God, am I serving where I should? Do you want me to serve anywhere else or start serving at all? Start serving in a new capacity. I'm not saying you have to answer that right now. Pray about it. If you do, see someone in leadership. See Kelly about attending a class where he goes all about that. Ask about where and how you can serve. Do you bring others to church? Have you ever brought anybody to church? And I don't mean just our church. Sure, I love our church. I'm talking the church. Have you ever invited somebody before? Have you ever been the church to them because they're not willing to come in? Talked with them, prayed with them, been the church to them. Because, you know, some of these things, this community, discipling, we can't go everywhere. Us pastors, I can't go to your job site every day. I can't go into your family all the time. That's what you're for. These are important because the church has a responsibility. We all know somebody who says they were hurt. And maybe won't go back. You know what? The church is full of imperfect people. But what I hope we can do is show people they weren't hurt by God. They were hurt by the church. They were hurt by people. Going to church, being a part of the body, is pursuing God. You know what? I've been hurt. I've been hurt by a church before. I've been hurt by those in church leadership before. But I know that that was a leadership group, that that was a congregation, that that was a leader, 
that was not God hurting me. But unfortunately, a lot of people turned their back on God because of the way the church treated them. And that's why this is important. Chancey said last week it all boiled down to one thing. Anybody remember? What was it? Love one another. That's what it all boils down to. Love one another. If we want to change from the inside out, love one another. I asked you to write down 2 Peter and read, this, read it this week and self-reflect on it. Please do that. Think about it. How can you apply that? How can you apply this message that we're putting good in? This is a message to see ourselves as individuals grow and change so we can see our church continue to grow and change. Now I'm going to kind of split it and talk to another group. If you are not the church, or maybe you've been part of the church, but you were hurt. Maybe you're part of the church, but you're injured. And the rest of the body's got to use some crutches or something right now to help you out. Please don't feel the pressure of this message that you need to jump into the church serving and doing everything. Nobody expects the new kid to be the quarterback. Church is here for the sick, the broken, the lost, the hurting. If you were hurt by the church, whether it was this church, whether it was another church, whether you were a kid, an adult, whatever, as a representative of the church, I'm sorry. It breaks my heart to know that people who claim to love Jesus don't act like it. So I'm sorry on behalf of the church. I don't know what happened at all, but I'm sorry. Please do not turn your back on God because God is love. He's accepting, powerful, graceful, merciful. He is love. And we should be showing that. The church is supposed to be a place you can turn, a place you can be loved. And it's not just a place, it's a people, a body that will go out and share that. So please, give us another chance. Give us a first chance but mostly give God that chance. So if you're one of those people right now, if you're the church, everything I spoke to you is based on Scripture. If you are not the church, I want you to know that everything I'm telling these people comes out of the Bible. Matthew 22, 36 through 40. They ask Jesus, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Equally important. It's second 
but it's just as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. I do have it. John 13, 35. Look at this one. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So to the church, those who are forgiven much, forgive much. We've heard these phrases. Love one another. Share what he has done. Sometimes as a church, we need a reminder of why we're here, why we do what we do. It's because we've been healed, forgiven, saved, and changed. It's because we are loved, and we know that love intimately. And we are here, and we want to share it with those that are lost, that are hurt, that are broken. If you're seeking, hurting, lost, If you've listened to me and you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I've been hurt. Have no idea what it would mean to be the church, but I know I need something. I know I'm missing that love. I'm not going to make you come forward. If you're online, put it in the comments. Send us a message. Everybody else, start praying. Tune me out if you want to. Keep listening. Everybody start praying right now. Because if you are one of those people that you are in that category that the church does need to reach you, you're hurt, you're lost, you're broken, I'm not going to make you come forward. Just raise your hand. And I will have somebody come and pray with you. So you don't have to do anything. Somebody will come and pray with you. But to the church, to my brothers and sisters, to my fellow body parts, Lord Jesus, I pray that you speak to us. Not just now, God. Not just right in this moment. But continue to speak to us going forward. Guide us in our steps that we will be putting good in to get good out. That we will be following the blueprint you laid out. Help us as individuals. Because as individuals, we make up this body. Help us, God, as a church. Help us, God, to see a church that is seeking the kingdom. Help us, God, to be a church 
that is accepting. Help us to be a church that disciples one another. A church that builds community and goes out to the community. A church that is an example of your love and shares that. A church that is of one accord and in unity with each other. A church that preaches the word and stands upon it. A church where we can see people come to you, God, be changed and saved. A church where people are not afraid to tithe and to give you what they are supposed to. A church of people hungry to serve you and each other that is growing in every way possible and that no matter what remains humble. God, I pray this for our church, for this group, the body date, and I pray that over all of us, and I pray it for the church globally, nationally, the church. They will see this too. God, I thank you for all that you do for us, that you have given to us. We praise you and thank you. For you are amazing, God. Like I said, Lord, speak to us on this. As we reflect on this during the week, as we pray over this, as we read this, as we talk about this in our small groups on Friday, speak to us. There's an area where we need to change. If there's an area that we need to redevelop. If there's something that we need to change from the inside out, God, speak to us. so that there may be no roadblocks in our personal faith, that there be nothing that holds back our church anymore. Change us, God, individually from the inside out and change us as a church from the inside out. God, I praise you and I thank you for all that you do and all that we will see. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.